One thing that always blows my mind, actually, is not the first serve, but the second serve. And this is, uh, you know, the topic for today's lesson that I'm gonna start with is a concept that applies to not just tennis and not just second serves, although that's what we're gonna focus on, but all sports and honestly, all walks of life. So in tennis, you see, so when a player misses their first serve, right? First serve is a fault. They gotta get their second serve in, otherwise it's a double fault, they lose a point. Now, not all players do this, but what some players do is instead of, you know, being brave and being very, you know, courageous and aggressive, they, they hit a baby food serve just to be safe. Just to make sure that they don't commit a double fault and gift a free point. What happens after that? Their serve is so fucking bad. Like, you, you, you literally loop it up. You don't even hit a serve. You just, you, you, you put some spin on it and you just try to loop it over the net. So it lands in the box. There, you did your part. You didn't commit a double fault. You got a serve in. Now what happens next? Your opponent fucking pounds that ball. They bury it. You're never going to see that ball again. The point's over. You lost it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, like what is better? Like, really, is a double fault that bad? And let me explain. Because the outcome's the same. You probably lose the, you lose the point either way, right? I mean, second serve, you hit a baby food fucking... I don't know what serve. Something that probably your mom would do. If, if you took her to a tennis court, she'd probably serve like that. Fuck, man, I'm so pissed. But yeah, so you hit a horrible second serve, slow as fuck, just to be safe, just to get it in. They pound the ball. Second serve, you, you, you go aggressive, you basically hit a first serve again, and you double fault. In both cases, you lose the point, but what's the difference? Safe, why the fuck are you so pissed? It doesn't really matter. It's better to put the ball into play. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, you know, I know what's going to happen. They're going to fucking pound that ball. And even if they don't hit a winner right away, that just fucking flashes by you. Because your serve was so slow, you basically tee it up for them and they hit the fuck out of it. Okay? Even if they don't do that, you're behind in the point anyway. And it's your serve. Like, like this is embarrassing. Okay? Anyway... You know, just play devil's advocate, and, and, and to make the counter-argument, because I, I know what the rebuttal would be, I, 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 know what the, I know what you'd say to me. You'd say, well, say for a double fault, you don't even get a chance to, to put a ball in play. How's that good? You lose the point immediately. For me, this is about principle. In a okay, so in a second serve, if, if you go for a... A baby food second serve. You're not trying to. You're not trying to win. You're just trying to prevent losing the point. And thus, that speaks volumes about your approach to the sport, and the match, and your mentality. I talk about this all the time. This is a mindset. It applies in all sports and in all walks of life. It even applies in in in, in sports betting and gambling. Are you here to win, or you are you or are you just trying to not lose? There's a difference, actually. 
Because not losing doesn't really constitute winning. I'm talking about winning. I want to win. Hitting a baby food second serve, you do not want to win. You're just trying to prevent losing. There's a difference. If you go for a baby food second serve, you're not trying to win. You're not trying to win, because if you're trying to win, you're, you're going to hit a first serve. Fuck it. I missed my first first serve. I'm, I'm going to get it right this time. I'm going to hit an ace. I'm going to go for the lines, man. I'm, I'm going to put 190 kilometers on that bitch and, and, and win the point. If I don't hit an ace, uh, it'll be a tough return, and I can finish the point. I'll have the upper hand for sure in, my, in, the, in the third shot. For sure. That's the difference. And and let me and not only that from a psychological point of view for your player, like if if they win a point by a double fault, they don't really gain anything. So let, so let me, so let's go let's go through this again from the top from the start. First serve you hit a fault, second serve you're up, you hit a double fault. The opponent gains nothing from that, you know, emotionally, psychologically in their head. It's just like, "Oh, I want a point." For you, if you're a winner, and you know that you're a winner, and, and you're you're okay with that because you went for it, you'll you'll get his ass next time, or you'll get her ass next time. You'll get right. But if you hit a if you miss your first serve and a second serve is a baby food fucking serve that just loops in, and the opponent pounds it for a you know serve return winner. Not only does your opponent gain a point. But they also gain, they, they're like, wow, they, they gain that set, like, sort of like that sense of, wow, like, I really did that. I hit the fuck out of the ball. You know what I mean? And that benefits them. And on the contrary, you're sitting there on your side of the court, like, wow, he really, he really hit that fucking thing to me. He really rocked my shit. I couldn't even, I didn't even see that ball. You know what I mean? It's little things like that. And and look, you really couldn't think I'm full of shit. Uh, I'm just a thinker, okay? And and this shit is real. It's real shit. You know, when you're out there on a tennis court, you have thoughts. We are not robots. We're human beings. You know, if you're returning serve and, and, and you see a baby food fucking serve, you're going to fucking pounce on that thing and it's going to make you feel good. It's going to give you some momentum. You're going to feel good about it. And yeah, it's just one point, but but you know, confidence, momentum that 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 lasts for more than one point. That can really change the course of that particular game you're playing, and then quite possibly the set, and quite possibly the match. Yo, this shit changes everything. It's not just one second serve. It's not just one point. It's bigger than that. Don't be naive. If you're trying to win, you hit a double fault, man. You, you you go for it. You go for it. There's no there's no point uh, teeing up baby food fucking serves. You're you're probably gonna lose the point anyway. So why give the opportunity for for your opponent to gain some confidence by seeing a, a, a beautiful winner go in, and for you to be able to unreturn a, a a return to your serve? You know what I mean? That that's just that's just so bad. It's so bad, go for it. 
Other other um, sort of instances of this in other sports, field goals. If you're down, I don't know how many points, and you go in op uh, opponent territory, and you don't, um, and you go for field goals, you're not trying to win, honestly. You're just trying to prevent losing. It's the same thing. I, I mean, it's it's a little different. Field goals versus touchdowns. But it's one of those things, man. You you should always be trying to win. And if you go for it on fourth down and you don't convert, then that's okay. You were trying to win. Even though the momentum thing is a little different here uh, compared to tennis. Um, but honestly, for a defense, uh, you know... Getting a stop for a field goal is a win. And you basically like conceded, like, alright, that's all for us. This drive, we're, we're just going to settle for a field goal. Because that's what they call it, right? You're settling. You're not trying to win. You're settling. Go out there and fucking score a touchdown. There's nothing better or bigger than that in, in football, right? You're trying to win a game and score seven points on every drive. Why settle for three at any point? It's the same thing, man. And 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 if you if you truly understand what I'm saying, then I'm sure you you yourself can think of many applications of this in all sports and all walks of life. No matter what it is you do, you should always try and win. Some people just don't want to lose. They're not trying to win. There's a huge difference. I'm not going to say who, but I brought this up today because I've seen some second serves. Players are just scared of, scared of, scared of fucking be brave and just, you know, squeeze their ass and say, like, look, I'm going to go out here and win. I'm going to hit big first serves and even bigger second serves. Fuck it. Like, it sends a message. It sends a message to your opponent and to yourself. To yourself, like, even if you commit a double fault, you're not going to be in your feelings. If you have this mindset and you have, if you have this awareness, you, you know, if you commit a double fault, you're going to tell yourself, well, you know what, I, I fucking went for it. I'm going to get it next time. I'm going to get her ass. I'm going to get his ass. I'm going to hit a first serve. Uh, next time it's going to be so good, she won't even have a chance to return it, or he won't. Okay? And that is all ha I have to say about it. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. All tennis players, at least I would hope, they're here to win. And not to just, you know, to try and lose or to avoid losing. Well, safe, if, if, you, if, you, don't, if you try to avoid losing, that means you're going to win. It's a fucking mindset. The results don't matter. It's, it's, it's your approach to the game. It's your approach to life. Okay? On to tennis. Yesterday in Lyon, it was kind of strange. Very um, all over the place the first couple of matches. Daichenko looked really good in the first set against Fritzum. Lost the second set even worse than she won the first set. And then won the decider. Daichenko good indoors, struggles with consistency and, and close matches. Not that good of a closer. Gulovic, Greet Minin, her opponent retired, or I guess withdrew. So lucky loser uh, Maya Hantama took her spot. Maya Hantama won the first set 
Um, rest of the other two sets, Gulovich 1, 6, 4, 6, 4. Gulovich, man, <clears throat> not a fan at all. Katie Bolter, after a good string of results, um, lost the first set 6-3 by a double break and then uh, retired due to injury. Sorry, Kirstea beat Vogela in straights, 6-3, 7-5. Uh, that should have been more like 6-3, 6-2. Kirstea looking really good, but just... You know, sometimes overly aggressive, and, and she doesn't find her shots. The thing with Sori Kirstea is that I, f I feel like she's the type of player that not only can play on all, all courts and surfaces, but she can really switch her game up. She can be an aggressive ball basher from the baseline. I mean, uh, you know, against the majority of players, and even some of the top players, she can keep up with them on the baseline. I mean, the majority of players, uh, they can't keep up with her on the baseline, but even some of the bigger names, the, you know, the bigger hitters, she can keep up with them on the baseline. Uh, she can also be a counter puncher. Okay, and she has decent variety and her serve uh, service motion um, has, f you know, faced a lot of critics, but it's it's effective, I think. She doesn't commit too many double faults, and her first serve is pretty effective. Um, and her forehand, backhand is really good, even even in, in a return game. Sorry, Kirstea, what's her biggest issue? Just consistency and delivering in clutch moments. Honestly, like Dyachenko as well, but her there's a huge skill gap there. Sorry, Kirstea, by the way, if she wins this tournament, which I don't know why she wouldn't, but if she wins Lyon, she will achieve her career-high ranking of world number 21 and overtake Simona Halep to become the Romanian world number one. The only real contender, I think, to Sorry, Kirstea winning this event in Lyon is Alison van Utvenk. Beat Varvara Grasheva 6264. Um it honestly was not that second set was not that close, even though uh Van Utvenk uh really dropped her level. Um could have easily been six two six one. Uh Alison van Utvenk loves playing indoors. Uh think of her as a cultivate. She loves this shit. And she loves playing in France too, so um, watch out. Today's matches in Monterey were not very exciting, not very fun for me at least, because I feel like all my bets went to shit. Shin Yu Wang, I guess. Now I know Anne Lee is irrelevant, but Anne Lee looks really bad today. Because she got embarrassed by Shin Yu Wang, and Shin Yu Wang looked like. You know, Shinya Wang looked like she was the second coming of Li Na. The Chinese player that achieved the career high ranking of world number two. Great player, by the way. Two slams as well. That's what Shinya Wang looked like against An Li. Against Beatrice Haddad Maya, who has never made a quarterfinal since 2019 on clay. Um, yeah, Beatrice uh, killed Shinya Wang. 
and and I don't think it was close at all. But Chin Wang did play like shit. She just looked too slow to react to every ball, and and just didn't look like she was there. Second set, she played a lot better, but I mean it, it's it's too little, too late. BHM was hitting. Honestly, looked to be too strong for Shin Wang, who's actually pretty solid and aggressive from the baseline. So. Uh, it, it's a good win for Beatrice for sure. As I said, uh, through to the quarterfinal for the first time in like three years. Maria Camila Osorio Serrano. Um, not a very, not a very good match for her. Even though she's playing against you know the the hometown girl, Zacarias. I had the under here. If I had the over, this match would have ended 7-6, 6-love. And honestly, it looked like that's what was going to happen. Osorio had a chance to hold for 4-love. And maybe from that point, you feel like you just have so much momentum and, and the other player will just quit. But of course not. It went over. Uh, Maria Camila Osorio Serrano actually covered from a breakdown in the first set. Um... She started the match kind of slow, but I mean, ultimately, she's she's too much, too good, right? Too hot to handle, I think, for Z for Zacharias. Shinwen Shang versus Leila Annie Fernandez, the U.S. Open finalist and the defending champion here in Monterrey, uh, went to three sets. Leila won the first set six one. Zhang responded with a 6-4 win in the second set, and I lost the tiebreak in the decider. What's new? Now, I didn't watch this match live because I fell asleep, but having looked at the highlights... Um, Layla's a rat, but I don't know who can win this event, because the two Chinese girls I like today, one lost here and one lost earlier to, you know, Beatrice Haddad Maya, as we just discussed. I mean, Sara Suribes Tormo beat Harmony Tan 6-2, 6-2. Harmony Tan is so embarrassing, honestly. And I don't know, this, this draws is getting kind of ugly, to be honest. I mean, you have Svitolina that's going to play today. I don't know. I don't know about this. This is starting to get kind of ugly for me, as, as a spectator at least. I don't know. I mean, Haddad Maya is, is... I mean, there there's some players, but I don't know. Can anyone beat Layla? Is who's gonna who's gonna beat Layla? I don't I don't think I have the answers, to be honest with you. I mean, Shang Wang, uh, you know, I don't think she's gonna beat Layla. Watson, I don't know. Svitsily, I don't know, man. Petra Martic. In Leo today, we have five second round matches. Avangsta Rus versus Shuai Zhang. Rus, honestly, one of the fittest players on tour, and, and, and she looked pretty good in the first round and, and had a couple good matches in, in Doha the previous week. I think she's playing well. I mean, she's a non-factor, but if she's playing well, then she's always tough to beat. She can make a run, and I think that's possible here this week in Lyon. 
If Mladenovic didn't commit 19 double faults, she probably wouldn't have lost to Shuizang. I think this is an easy match for Arangsarus. The conditions sort of suit both pretty evenly, but it's just a matter of form, and, and I don't think Shuizang has, has a big game uh, that can really take over. She just sort of pushes and, and hopes you commit mistakes and 19 double faults. <clears throat> Vicky Gulabich and Daichenko, um, two of the uglier matches from yesterday, they played today. Um, so it's going to be another ugly one, right? At least I think so. Um, it's going to be close, ugly, slow, long, three-setter probably. Um, I don't want to pick a side, even though I think four and a half for Gulabich is a lot. I mean, she hasn't put in one performance this tournament to make me feel like yeah, she got this. I don't I don't know. Daichenko, she's good as an underdog. She she won't really quit. Um and she's annoying to play against if she finds her rhythm. Carol Garcia versus Martina Trevisan. This is sort of like turning back the clocks a little bit. These two 28-year-olds um probably peaked uh 4 or 5 years ago around at the same time. Um an ugly match. Martina Trevisan played a good match. Uh, as an underdog, I, I I would never rule out Martina Trevisan, especially if it's Caro Garcia she's playing against. Caro Garcia beat Georgie, but Georgie really committed uh, three different crimes on court, so I wouldn't put too much stock on that. And Caro Garcia's biggest problem is back-to-back -back wins. And, and and longevity and consistency. You know, she plays one good match and then next match it's it's as if alright, it's like alright, I'm done. I won my match. You know, that's that's Kara Garcia and she always crumbles in front of the French fans. If you don't know about that, then watch every uh, every match of hers in Roland Garros in her career. Now Yastremska versus Maria Sharapova. Now here's the thing, man. Yes, okay, so Buxa, or sorry, Maria Sharapova is a better player than Anna Bogdan. A hundred percent. Okay. But against Anna Bogdan, Yastremska was minus one thirty on the money line. Now against a better player, she's minus four and a half. That is not a good line whatsoever. And I love Yastremska. Okay, and she should win this, but minus four and a half is ridiculous. Honestly, if I wasn't so in love with with Yastremska, I would bet Buxa plus four and a half with my eyes, like without even thinking about it. I wouldn't even blink. This line is ridiculous. She's playing a better player. You you know what I'm saying? Like that's why Yastremska was a was a no question play against Bogdan minus one thirty or something like that. Send it. And now she's playing a better player and laying four and a half games. That is too much, I think. And the over two and a half is way too low. They're showing too much respect to Yastremska, I think, after her heroic win. This is a very public line. It's not sharp whatsoever. Yastremska minus four and a half. I really doubt she covers that. I mean, I'd say her win is 
not as likely as as 1.35 odds or you know minus 260 american odds i mean she should win but but not like that you know not not that easy i think and as a result buxa not being respected whatsoever over 20 and a half i think is very low lastly i'm glad this this is the last match on court uh, so you you can just you know switch your TV off after the Stromska match and forget about Leon for the day. There's Korpach versus Jasmine Paulini. Look, no thoughts, no thank you, um, but thank you for coming. After today's matches in Leon, we'll be able to see sort of the draw and and who's left and what's good, and. And I'll be able to, to let you know my thoughts on how it's going to shape out for the rest of the way. But honestly, Kristeo, Yastremsko, Alison van Utvenk. Van Utvenk, rather. Um, those three, probably Kristeo, Alison van Utvenk, top two. Uh, let's see how Yastremsko does today, but there's no doubt I'm rooting for Diana. In Monterrey, in Mexico, four matches today. Sheng Wang versus Mayar Sharif. Uh, Sheng Wang got this so easy. Watson Perez's Diaz is pretty interesting, both with pretty good wins, and, and both honestly capable of, of pretty big games, and this is sort of their level, so I feel like each player is really going to get after it. And and they're both aggressive, they both like to hit big from the baseline. Um, you know, approach the net, be very aggressive, and, and put a lot of pressure on you and your serve. Uh, so Watson Perez's Diaz is honestly a low-key banger. So, I think that's pretty good. Um, it's honestly a 50-50. Uh, uh, I think Perez's Diaz being shown too much respect. Um, she hasn't served very consistently. And, and if Watson is here to play, then she's a hell of a player. And I, I think plus one, 125 is... A bit of a gift, but I think the over looks good too. This is this is gonna be close and long for sure. Svitolina and Tomova. Uh, yesterday I said no player should ever be plus seven hundred against Svitolina. Not even your mom, not even your neighbor, not even the guy that drops off the the mail, not even the guy that that you buy milk from. No one should be plus six hundred against Svitolina on a tennis court. Simple as that. It's so simple. Okay, and today the player that's plus 600 or 700 in some places against Elina Svitolina is Tomova. Now Tomova is a thorn in any player's backside. Plus six and a half games, just send it. Really, just send it. Forget about anything else and, and play something on the money line too. <coughs> Lastly, another mini banger in Monterey to, to you know, for the nightcap. Uh, Petra Martic and Marie Buskova. Buskova, you know, having a hell of a run in Mexico, um, beat Sara Irani from the first round, uh, from a set down in the first round, and made the final and lost to Sloane Stevens in Guadalajara uh, the previous week. So she's playing well, finding some form, and Petra Martic, you know, um, like a top 15 player in the past, a good win from a set down against Madison Keys. She was she choked at times. She she was clutch at times. Um, so let's see. This is honestly a good match, just like Watson 
and produces DS. I like Petra. Again, making her an underdog I think is a bit silly. Uh, again, I do like the over, just like the Watson Buddies' DS match. Um, the lines are fairly similar, so I like both short dogs there, Watson Martich, and the over as well. It's going to be long, close, and slow for sure. The one matchup in Lyon that we already have set um, for the quarterfinal is Bondar and Sori Kirstea. If you see a line for that, just take Sori Kirstea. She's going to crush Bondar. I promise. Under 19.5 is good. Minus 4.5 is good. That is all for today. A little later today, I apologize. A little shorter, I probably don't have to apologize for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, as always, thank you for listening. This has been The Safe Space. Best of luck to us. Hope you have a fantastic day. Yeah, yeah.